What's up, NBA Morning Deuce fam? It's, uh, it's your boy Joey. Uh, you're probably surprised to not hear the intro right off the top. Uh, you'll get the you'll get the guitar riffs. Don't worry. But I uh, I wanted to jump in right off the bat because we recorded today's episode around ten thirty last night and. Almost, I would say, probably right as I was about to post today's episode, NBA, the NBA went nuts for a little bit, as it is wont to do this time of year, especially this year. And two trades happened almost simultaneously as I was getting ready to post this. So I couldn't, you know, we pride ourselves and to date on the news and bring you everything. Alex is, Alex is already gone. He, he out for the night. So I'm going to I'm going to break down quickly these two trades that happened that we didn't get to discuss in the full episode today. We we talked Chris Paul, we talked what's going to happen with James Harden. We we talked a little bit about Giannis. We talked about Brad Beal and rumors that are going on, but I wanted to make sure I got you these two trades. So the major deal that went down and this will impact the Giannis conversation we had a little bit, but we didn't go too far into Giannis at the end of today's show, so don't worry. The New Orleans Pelicans are trading Drew Holiday to Milwaukee for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and according to Adrian Wojnarowski, what is described as significant draft compensation, and that the teams are still working through the picks. That's the first trade, and so let me just dive into that one real quick. I, I, it's look Milwaukee after what the the comments and some of the things that Giannis has said over the past couple of days, and clearly the fact that they need him to sign this supermax extension this offseason. They 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 got to have it, or else it, it's clear that he's going to be out of there. They had to pull the trigger. They had to make something happen. And we knew that, given their situation, it's gonna be really hard for them to bring in a, a legit like second star. You know, the names that have been put out there, like the the Beals and the Hardens, and even the Westbrook or or CP3, any of those guys. We we had heard Drew Holiday sort of mentioned on uh, to almost every team in the league, and I I think Milwaukee kind of flew under the radar here. Uh, significant draft compensation is interesting to me because you know Milwaukee they have the they've had the best record in the league two years in a row if they keep Giannis they're going to have one of the best records in the league so what does that mean like, like what kind of draft picks is New Orleans going to get I guess it doesn't matter because if you're New Orleans you're just trying to stack up capital because you have a young team uh Eric Bledsoe I, m- maybe Bledsoe and Hill stay there I'm not sure if they're planning on flipping those guys uh, we're seeing, I'm seeing now three first round picks and two first round pick swaps. Holy shit. That seems, that's, oh my God, dude. This is, according two minutes ago from Woj, besides the three future first round picks going to Atlanta, they're also pick swaps included in the deal. All in all, this is shaping up to be a draft compensation package similar to New Orleans deal for Anthony Davis. 
Well, let me tell you something right now. If if Milwaukee doesn't at least go to the finals next year, this GM's getting fired. I mean, Drew Holiday, what? Drew Holiday is really good. But does Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Chris Middleton get you past the Heat? Does it get you past Brooklyn? Does it get you past? Uh, does it get you past Boston? Who's going to keep getting better? Uh, Drew Holiday is really good. D- don't get me don't get me wrong. You must be fully one hundred percent convinced that Giannis is staying. Giannis, I mean, Giannis has to be staying. If you just gave up all those picks, you got to be pretty damn confident that Giannis is signing a Supermax and he's going to be there for a while. And look, I don't know who else they're going to put around these guys, Chris and and Drew and and Giannis, but that's a great team. A team that Eric Bledsoe stinks in the playoffs. George Hill's old. So you got better. I mean, you got much better. Uh, A team that had the best record in the NBA two years in a row got much better. So... I'm not saying it's the wrong move. It's the right move to go get out, go out and get Drew Holiday. That is a lot of capital to give up to get Drew Holiday, who is a good player, very good player, much better than Eric Bledsoe. I'm not convinced that that move puts them in the playoffs past Miami, Brooklyn, or Boston, but it definitely makes them more competitive. What an uh, what a bomb to drop at 11:45 at night on the East Coast! Unbelievable. Uh, as far as New Orleans, you know, God, Lee, everybody talking about Sam Presti stacking up picks. It, New Orleans and Oklahoma City are going to have all the picks. They're just going to have all the picks. It's it's unbelievable what's going on. It, it, New Orleans, I, I, I love what uh, David Griffin's doing down there. It, it's, look, you know, Eric Bledsoe, not a great player in the playoffs, but if you're planning on making a run to the playoffs this year, he's good enough to be a starting point guard on the team that had the best record in the NBA for the past two years. He can probably help you get to make a playoff run unless you try to flip him and move him somewhere else. Doesn't have a great contract. George Hill, another veteran presence. I, you know, my biggest thing about New Orleans giving up Drew Holiday is that uh, Stan Van Gundy, I think, needs some veteran presence there to help teach this team how to win. George Hill can do that if they decide to keep him as well. So, yeah, I like this pick, man. I, I love this for New Orleans. I can't believe they just got so much. Now, now I hate late first-round picks, and that's what these look like they're going to be. But still, golly, that's a lot. That is a lot. The other trade that happened, not not quite the same. But let me tell you something, man. This is this is also very telling. This other trade, Robert Covington is trading, it, it, the Rockets are trading Robertton to Portland for Trevor Ariza and two first-round picks. So the Rockets get, you know, look at the Rockets, man. The Rockets get the Blazers' first-round pick and a twenty and a protected 2021 first-round pick. Uh, that's a sign of a team that's getting ready to rebuild. I, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I would not be surprised to see the chips start to fall now in Houston with either James Harden or Russell Westbrook being next. But they get two first-round picks after they gave up um, a bunch of picks 
to get Russell Westbrook. So they're getting some capital back. They're regaining some of the of what they lost when they traded for they they gave those pick swaps to get Russell Westbrook. And uh Portland now, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Robert Covington, Yusuf Nurkic. It's not a bad team. Again, not winning the West, but Robert Covington's a really good player. He was one of the better players on Houston, a team that was really good in the playoffs for a stretch last year. So on a he's got a great contract. That's a that's a good pickup. But good trade for both teams, especially if Houston's looking to rebuild and get some of that capital back. We will discuss this more on tomorrow's episode. I'm sure there will be more trades and the league will explode even more. But for now, uh, enjoy the rest of our conversation about Chris Paul going to the Suns. What, you know, we talked about the Rockets. Obviously, this Covington deal we didn't get to discuss, but it, it might impact a little bit of what we talked about with Harden and, and, and Westbrook. But enjoy. And we will see you tomorrow morning to preview the and talk some more trades. Later. Enjoy. Welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce for November 17th. The NBA starting to get, starting to burn, Alex. We're getting there. We're getting to that point. Something's burning. Yeah, something's burning. That hot, hot, stanky deuce. Joey, here's what I want to know. Do you have Woj's Twitter page up? I just feel it. I feel it in my plums that something is going to happen while we're recording this. I don't know why. I just feel it. I mean, the the thing is, is the the only one major trade has happened so far as of this recording, which is 1030 at night on the Monday, the 16th. We're recording for Tuesday, the 17th. Uh, one major trade has happened, which we'll talk about, which is the Chris Paul trade. But there's so much other stuff going on that, yeah, any minute for the rest of this week, things could happen. So, yeah, I don't have Woj's thing pulled up, but I get alerts from every outlet. So I will almost, if something big happens, I will almost instantly get a, an alert about Woj dropping a bomb if he does. Copy that. All right. I feel like we're in a good spot then. Yeah. So let's just start with the let's start with the Chris Paul trade. So it's interesting because I, of all the trades, this is probably the one that people are just like, eh, whatever. It's a, it's a big deal. Um Chris Paul is headed to Phoenix. He the Thunder trade Chris Paul and Abdel Nader to the Thunder the Suns get, or excuse me, what did I just say? Did I say the Suns trade Chris Paul? The Suns get Chris Paul and Abdul Nader. The Thunder get Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeQ. I, I forgot how you say his name. I think it's LeQ. LeQ, yeah. I heard Woj say it on the on TV. And, a tw- and yet another first-round pick, this time 2022 from the Suns. That brings up, we got to have like a one of those counter- like ding, like something like that <laughs> for the Sam Presti first round pick counter. Cause they now have 17 first round picks between now and 2026. How I tweeted it earlier today. I didn't get, I didn't get much interaction, 
how many first round picks is too many first round picks. I think we have, uh, and I'm not going to, I harped on the Sam Presti thing yesterday, so I'm not going to go as crazy as I thought I would tonight about the Sam Presti first round picks thing. 17 first round picks, a lot of first round picks. It is. I'm actually shocked that they that you're able to trade picks that are happening in 2026. Like that, that's six years from now, and it's an asset and a trade. That is, that's nuts to me. First of all, yeah. um, second of all, I, I don't know. I, I'll carry the torch in the Sam Presti thing just because I saw a tweet that pissed me off about claiming he he's he's got to be the best considered the best GM in the league. People like he. He's got to use. He's got to draft well to do that. You know, seventeen first round picks is a nice little bundle to have, but just having them in essence doesn't make you a great GM. Okay, you've got to you've got to draft well, and that and that's the challenge moving forward. It's exciting if you're a Thunder fan. You're excited because you've got these seventeen first round picks. Your potential is limitless, but you got to draft well. Yeah, uh, look, you you know how I feel about it, uh, and. You don't just have to draft well when you, the thing is, is if the idea is to rebuild through the draft, you have to draft exceptionally, which he has, he did a decade ago. And, and the credit is credit where credits due with Sam Presti. He went on a run in the NBA draft that we have had never seen before and we'll never see again. Three years in a row, he drafted a first ballot hall of famer in the top five. It just, it'll never happen again that way. And it won't happen again. He could have 30 first round picks. He's probably not going to do it again. It's just not, it doesn't work that way. So 17 first round picks, you know, they're got to be, so here's what I, the way I sort of posed it to you, maybe even yesterday we talked about it, but I'll say it again. So if you're the Thunder, you can, you could try to draft all these players and the odds are, it, it. I know you love your guy Sam Hankey, but my whole thing with Sam Hankey was you can't just keep drafting players. Eventually, you have to make the right moves, right? And in Philly, packaging players, packaging assets, and getting a player works because I think players would perf- would play in Philly. So if you're an OKC, you have two options: draft a bunch of first rounders every year, just draft first rounders, keep drafting guys. Hopefully you hit. It's really hard to do, which has actually been proven by Sam Presti because he's been pretty bad at drafting since basically Stephen Adams. Or you package this and you try to go get the guy that's going to carry your franchise. Well, they traded for Paul George. Didn't work. They traded for Chris Paul. It didn't work. They traded for Carmelo Anthony. It didn't work. And even if one of... Paul George was second in MVP voting and he left. You can package all these 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 first round picks and go get whoever you want. They ain't staying in Oklahoma City unless you can win a championship. But even then, Kevin Durant left after going to the Western Conference Finals, right? Like star players are not going to stay in Oklahoma City. So I'm not sure what the plan is here because looking at their roster, right? They're clearly not done. They're reportedly exploring a deal for Steven Adams. They could do a sign and trade with Gallo. The, the Schroeder deal, they're getting Danny green back. Everyone's saying they're going to flip Danny green for something else. Things are going to happen this week. 
I would be shocked if Ricky Rubio is on that team when the season starts. It just doesn't make sense for a rebuilding team. But you look at this roster right now, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who I love, could be a future all-star. Not if he's going to be the the best player and the star of your team. He's not a franchise player. He is an all-star level player, though. Steven Adams, who might be gone. Terrence Ferguson, your boy. Rubio, Kelly Oubre, who I actually really like, but again, not not taking you anywhere, especially in the West. Darius Baisley, Mike Muscala, Hamadou Diallo, Lou Dort, Isaiah Roby, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, Danny Green, Deontay. I mean, this team sucks. And this team's going to be bad for a while. So the question I now pose to all the people who are praising Sam Presti, are you going to be so happy about him being able to collect all these assets when you're not in the playoff for the next four or five years? Because unless he does something big, which it's still possible, there's still a lot of stuff going on, this team sucks. This team is going to be bad in the West. So you said next four or five years? No, absolutely not. No one's going to tolerate that. I think with where the Thunder are at right now, you've kind of got a two-year leash where, okay, we're going to be absolutely horrible this year, right? We should take a step the following season. And then when you're three seasons into something like this, patience runs out really quickly. It really does. So once you start getting into three, four, five years, that's when Sam Presti, if it hasn't turned around, which we're both admitting it could, this could, I mean, this really could be the start of something special if they draft well, if they move the assets around well. But to your question... I think you've got a two-year leash of being really, really terrible before you know the heat picks up in that season three, season four of these uh, like serious rebuilds with all these draft picks. You think that's fair? That's fair, but again, but but like they're going to suck next year. I'm assuming that they're not going to make a major deal to go get a player, right? So they're probably going to suck next year, and he's probably intending to suck to get a high lottery pick. He's got to hit on the pick. Next year is the most important draft in franchise history for this team as of right now. Because every year they go back into the lottery and don't hit. I mean, you know this. We all know this. Every year you choose to be in the lottery and don't hit on that lottery pick, you're done. Right? It sets you back two, three years. Now, historically, he's hit on every lottery pick. He hasn't had a lottery pick or a high lottery pick since... I mean, I think Steven Adams was like 12th. But... Uh, like a top five level, which is obviously what they're probably aiming for at this point, which, by the way, could be the Houston pick. You have pick swaps eventually with Houston. They got a lot of stuff going on, but you're 100% right on from the beginning on this thing. No matter what happens, he's got to get it right. And it's been a long time since he's had a chance to get it right. You know, it, it just, I, I don't love it. But regardless... That's where the Thunder are. We don't need to talk a ton about the Thunder. So, so far, the Thunder have made two trades. Chris Paul's gone. Schroeder's gone. It seems like other people are going to be gone. That team's getting blown up. We will, I mean, we'll be on top of it the rest of the week. We'll see what happens. But the Suns, no one's praising the Suns. Listen, two years ago, James Jones traded like nothing. I don't even remember what he traded, but it wasn't much to get Kelly Oubre, who he just flipped for Chris Paul. Kelly Oubre was the piece in that deal, by the way. Obviously, the first-round picks because Sam Presti, you know, he sleeps at night because he knows he has 17 first-round picks, right? That's what keeps him warm at night. 
But in terms of players, the only player, the player they care about most in that deal is Kelly Oubre because he's he's talented. But think about that. No one's given James Jones credit for trading for James for Kelly Oubre, who was a bust in Washington, and then now flipping him to get a first ballot Hall of Fame point guard to go with Devin Booker to try to make a run at this thing. And let me tell you something. This team, Chris Paul goes to the playoffs. That's what he does. This team is going to be six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range. If you're the Lakers, if you're the Clippers, if you're the Nuggets, if you're the Mavs, if they can make that next step, you don't want to play this team in the playoffs come that time. I don't think. It still has to come together. But assuming things come together the way Chris Paul teams come together, you don't want to play that team in the playoffs. This team's better than the Thunder last year. Yes, 100% better than the Thunder. The, the biggest just benefit for the Suns, the whole point of this whole thing is you're you're getting Devin Booker to the playoffs and you're not making him even more furious. You know what I mean? Like Devin Booker is way, way too good to have not made the playoffs yet. And it's really not his fault. That usually doesn't happen when there's a stud player that can't get his team into the playoffs where you're siding with the player. You're like, Jesus, give this guy a supporting cast. What the Suns do here is they bring a guy that's basically, if he's healthy, guaranteeing this team gets a six, seven, or an eight seed. And, you know, now Devin Booker's career has a completely different outlook. You know, um, I'm assuming he's absolutely thrilled. He's much happier to be in Phoenix. Um, and then underneath all that, you like, so th- this buys you time. We know Chris Paul isn't going to be a stud for three, four more years, right? But it buys you time for hopefully, hopefully DeAndre Ayton to take that next step. So when Chris Paul's being phased out, okay, you still got a happy Devin Booker and a really good second player. So the Suns' outlook to me is night and day between yesterday and today. You're on fire today. You're Thank on you, fire. Tyler. You're on fire because the DeAndre Ayton point is is exactly the the is crucial in this whole thing because we know what Devin Booker is. Devin Booker took the step this year, I think one of the steps he needed to take to really be truly like a big time franchise player, which was we saw in the bubble what this kid's capable of. I mean, he almost single-handedly carried the Suns, the eight, no Suns, never forget to the playoffs. We know what he is. Now you bring in Chris Paul, you have two stars that this is a Chris Paul, Devin Booker team. And Deandre Ayton now has time. We get to really figure out what is, who is Deandre Ayton? What is Deandre Ayton? He has time. There's not as much pressure on him because Personally, I don't really like DeAndre Ayton. I never. I watched him a few times last year. I don't get it. I don't see it. Uh, I, I'm not saying he's a bust or anything. I just don't think he's a guy who is going to be a you know your first or second best player on a championship team. But now we have time to figure that out. Uh, the other thing is Monty Williams. Great for Monty Williams because everybody likes Monty Williams. Well respected around the league. By all accounts, what he did with this team last year, they like him too. Now he gets Chris Paul, who he's been to the playoffs with in New Orleans. He was Chris Paul's coach in New Orleans. They went to the playoffs together. So that's a good thing for just Monty's standing within the organization. I'm sure if Chris Paul heard that he was going to the Suns, he could, he could you know, go nuts and be like, I, no, I, it's the end of my career. I want to go win, play a championship. I'm sure Monty being there hat plays a little bit of a role with him not publicly coming out and being like, fuck that. I don't want to play for a non-playoff team. Uh, so that's great. The other thing I was reading was they don't have, the, the deal doesn't get finalized right away and they're still under the cap. So to replace Ubre at the three or at, at the wing, 
they have like 18 to 20 million dollars i think they could still go out and get a you know make a run at like a bertans or a gallinari or one of those guys and then finalize the deal so they look pretty i mean you got cp3 devin booker mikhail bridges deandre and cam johnson that's really your core right now got a bunch of other like fringe players on team options they're gonna have to fill out a lot of spots probably gonna go get some vets Right, I, I think that I, I'm excited to watch the Suns this year. I am too. Um, what is Sharich's uh, contract? Is he unrestricted? I think he's I, unrestricted. Okay. I, I didn't see him on on the when I, I was on Spotrac. I've always liked him as like a really solid role player on a playoff team. I think he was he really good for them. I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd love to see them bring him back. The thing that sticks out in my mind when I saw this trade is just how much of a dogfight the back of the West is. Like that seven eight seed has some really exciting teams. You've got New Orleans, Memphis, Phoenix. Who am I forgetting? Like you know who we this, need... you know who you know who this really hurts? Them Kangs. Oh, I thought you were <laughs> I thought you were about to run the Van Gundy sound like Oh I thought, no 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 that puts the squeeze a little bit on it, New Orleans. It, it, they don't look yeah, like a surefire. Yeah a little bit. But it really puts the squeeze on the Kings. Because they are they have roster Yeah but they were they're a they're a team that's constantly like perpetually in the 9-10 spot you're right yeah they need to in my mind really like vastly overachieve to get in the playoffs this year i don't, I don't yeah see because it. The, the bottom of the east is so loaded because you got, i mean you still have uh portland yeah portland i mean you've got a superstar on portland and another star there yeah i mean it, that bit they really have crazy D- dame lillard cj mccollum and nurkic is as talented a three-man duo as they're i mean they're up there in terms of talent <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. So it's really not much else is the problem. Right. Well, we'll see. I mean, Mello was really good for them, and he's mm-hmm. probably gone. So uh yeah, I'm excited. I, I love it for the for the Suns. I love seeing I mean, it just depends on where the way you look at it, right? Is that that 2022 pick is if they make the playoffs, it's not a great pick. Uh, Kelly Oubre is a good player. He's not a great player. He's not a player that's making the difference between you going to a title or not. The rest of these guys they got rid of, who knows? Ty Jerome, I really like, eventually could be a role player. The kid, LeCue, I think he was the youngest player in the draft last year, or one of the youngest players. He's a good athlete, but we don't know. Maybe he'll be great. His nickname is Baby Westbrook or something like that. Baby Russ, something like that. So who knows? Maybe he'll be good. But by all accounts, they got rid of a bunch of pieces that weren't taking them much further than what they got last year. They got a first ballot Hall of Famer and really just gave up a first round, a, a potentially a late first round pick for it. I love seeing young teams say, you know what? We know what we have here. We need to get better. We need to bring in the right, we need to bring in a big piece. And in Phoenix, you're not getting much bigger, a much bigger piece in terms of star potential at that Chris Paul, even at this age. So I, mm-hmm. I love it. Me too. Uh so. That's the only deal that we've seen happen so far as of let's check uh let's check the old Twitter machine right now while we're here. Nope, yep, nothing. Nope, yep, nope, yep, 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 nope, nothing happening. So by the way, I don't know. This is what's gonna be great starting Wednesday when we're doing this thing on video. We can pull up like tweets and stuff. Ricky Rubio just tweets the dot 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 what a business. <laughs> that's pretty good i, I mean what a guy you gotta how many teams he's been on a lot of teams at this point now right like a lot no no i, I feel like he's been bouncing around uh 
as far as I can remember, he went from Minnesota to Utah and Utah to Phoenix. Oh, now I got to check that out because I know uh, there's another team in there. Yeah, check it out because I, I, I don't think so unless it was like momentarily, but he really changed his career around in Utah. Oh, yeah, wow. I didn't realize how long he was in Minnesota. I thought he bounced around. I thought no. he was out of there after like three seasons. No. Okay. I am completely wrong. Yeah. God, you were on fire. I know. I just I just torpedoed everything I had going for me on this episode. Yeah. Uh, so that's the only trade that has officially... Those are the only two trades that we know. And even the Laker, the Laker one for Schroeder, I guess, hasn't been announced as like official. But as of even the day before, they said it was pretty much done. So whatever. Uh, what the rest of the league is seemingly keeping their eye on is this this uh, Houston situation, which seems, again, to change by the minute so or by the hour, really. Earlier in the day, Shams Sharania of The Athletic reported that James Harden, now officially, like we've heard this, that, whatever, that James Harden wants out of Houston and that it, Shams is saying, Shams said his preferred destinations are Philly and Brooklyn, but the Rockets are also fully comfortable keeping Russ and Harden into next season. A couple hours ago, as of this recording, Woj said Harden, this, this is, this is fucking nuts. This is, I read this, one of the most absurd, this is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. James Harden turned down an extension, according to Woj. That would make him the first ever $15 million a year, 50, excuse me, $50 million per year player. 50 million. That's like Patrick Mahomes money, right? Right. Uh, on a much safer sport at that. <laughs> right. That's But that's Mahomes 10-year, 500 million, right? Like that's. Right. Well, same, it wouldn't. Yeah, no. It's but I'm saying that's year. the same yeah. per year yeah. of what Patrick Mahomes is getting. The best quarterback in the NFL who is an MVP, Super Bowl MVP, and Super Bowl champion in his third year in the NFL, James Harden, on the back end of his career, where we know pretty much what this team is, fifty turned down $50 million a year. Something's not right. But Woj, hey, it's Woj, so it's got, there's got to be some truth to it. He also said that Harden's message is clear get me to Brooklyn and that the Rockets and the Nets have spoken, but no meaningful dialogue. Then, then at 9 30 PM on a trade Monday, Mark Stein reports the Rockets remain intent on repairing the relationship with James Harden. Then at 10 15, James Harden puts out a cryptic video on Instagram Sponsored video for a water company. Zooms in on the cap, twists it off, puts it on the table. Now, here's why people are freaking out about this. Do you know what cap means? The cap uh, is a slang term these days for the kids. Basically means like like, li- like lying. Like you're no capping. Ca- well, like like yeah, no, no cap, cap like no lie. Right? Okay. So... People are saying, people are saying, is he saying no cap by taking it off? Or is he saying that there, this is cap, all the stuff that's coming out, that it's lies? People don't know. We don't know. What James Harden trying to say in his sponsored water bottle uh, post 
that he had to put out for, I think it was Essentia or Life Water or something like, I don't know. I'll tell you, that's what he's trying to say. He's trying to get us to know the brand of water is really what's happening there. But. What's happening? The question is, what? Where's is James Harden, who's capping? <laughs> I, I have no idea. The seriousness of your face when you asked that question caught me off guard. The question is, who's capping right now? And James, I think James Harden wants to get to the bottom of it too. James Harden wants to know who's capping. Maybe he's just thirsty. Like literally, like he's actually thirsty. He's just wants. A sip well, maybe of water. he is. I mean, he's definitely. He's probably thirsty. Dude, this is tell a you what, though, look for... If he was really that thirsty, he could take that fifty million dollars, get you a lot of water. <laughs> well, this is a horrible look for your boy Farbod, who said the deal was basically done, right? Ooh, and Farbod, just Farbod, saying... Farbod's been in. Been he's keep talking about far i mean keep talking about your thing but farbod had some something he dropped something well, a little earlier woge too. says rockets and nets have been in touch but no meaningful dialogue yep so yep. if we're going to yep. talk about who knows what's happening i'm going with woge over this farbod guy and the point of that being just like all these reports that are going to come out this offseason oh my god oh my god oh my god farbod one hour ago farbod yeah. this is an hour it is as of this recording, it is 11.53 East Coast, and Farbod one hour ago tweeted, a source tells me James Harden and Kevin Durant met in Los Angeles last week to affirm their desire to play together on the Nets. Oh, and the other wow. Farbod thing was earlier, and I think I have it in here. He said that Danny Ainge has called at least one key Celtics player regarding a possibility of trading for Drew Holiday. Wow. But we'll talk about well, that later. Well, that's we got to get to that's big in its own. Right, we'll talk I'm about not that done later. with all these First insiders of, just coming out of the woodwork. Farbod know. Farbod knows about these lunch dates that Kevin Durant and James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Unreal. Kyrie Irving's just coming like sitting at his uh, at his whiteboard in his lab, just coming up with theories about how to blow this thing up. <laughs> he's he's. Coming up with theories about quantum physics, more likely, because he's the smartest guy in the room. Well, he's also getting, I mean, Kyrie, he's also, he's busy developing his vaccine for COVID. You know, it's just, there's so much stuff that Kyrie's doing right now to help the right. world. So he probably doesn't even realize that this James Harden thing might happen. Well, to me, Kyrie doesn't even really see trades. He doesn't acknowledge trades. You know? What is a just trade? Like, like yeah, what's a trade, like, really? Right. That's where that's where he would chime in. Um, damn, I kind of want to see this. Uh, when Once we're on video and you can just pull up that James Harden no cap, it's going to be excellent. No cap, um, cap, no cap. I think he's going to Brooklyn. I, I think he's going to Brooklyn. Here's nowhere along the lines have we heard much about a like a, a, a no trade clause or anything. Like, do the Rockets have any leverage here or, or what? Um, it doesn't seem that way. But I, I also I am thinking about your boy Stephen Silas trying to coach this two unhappy stars is just brutal. Like they gotta trade these guys. Well, I was also thinking about this. The whole Russell Westbrook thing is that he wants to play for a team where he's the man. What if they trade Harden and just run it back with Westbrook? Okay. I mean, you're not gonna be very good, but you'll be It'd exciting. Be, a, be in the playoffs, probably. Yeah. You could. I mean, if you trade that, James. If you trade hold on, if you trade James Harden and you get Jared Allen, Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and you put them with James Hart, with Russell Westbrook and whatever else you're able to put around them, Robert Covington, PJ Tucker, whatever, you're probably making the playoffs. You're right. Okay, yeah. With that return, you're you're a playoff team. Well, Karis Levert, Karis Levert posted a uh, a um, 
what's it called? A timer, the sand timer. What? Okay. He, he like hourglass? on social an hourglass. He posted yeah. an hourglass and a yawning thing on social media because he knows he's just waiting. Right. Like, when's the announcement coming? When? Where am I headed? And when's the announcement coming? Wow. I mean, obviously, all these all these social media. It's all speculation on what people mean. But again, I mean, read into it what you want. The time, the mental toll. And I mean, this this is a whole tangent. We don't have to get into it. But the mental toll that must must be taking on these players that literally don't know where, where they're going to be employed, what city they're going to be employed in in the next month. I feel and, for guys like and, that. And, I mean, they're compensated properly, but it's still no, it, it's true. I mean, we we talk about these guys as if they're not like moving their kids and their families like across the country on a whim during a pandemic. So it, it is, you know, de- definitely you're right. I mean, it's great. The, the toll that it takes on them is, is insane. Uh, but uh, on the, the Nets thing, they did make a trade earlier today. They traded Zanin Musa in a, in a second round pick for Bruce Brown. And the reason why that's interesting is because Bruce Brown's a point guard and he's a pretty good point guard too. So, if they're trading for a point guard, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Bruce Brown, James Harden, Kyrie, they're not all going to play. So something's got to give, right? Like, you can't have three backup point guards in Karis. I mean, Karis LeVert's more of a two, but you can't have – you're not trading for a backup point guard and planning on him just sitting on the end of the bench. Right. I don't think. so. That did strike me as well. He's only 24. He had a decent season last year. He's like, good. He's, not, he's a good yeah. player. So uh, that so, makes me think that they're getting ready to pull the trigger on something, whether it's the Harden thing or a Dinwiddie deal. I, I just don't right. think Dinwiddie's going to be there. Okay. Uh, um, it just seems that way. Yeah. Because Dinwiddie's going to get paid, right? Like Dinwiddie eventually is going to also get a lot of money or more money than what he's making. So it's it probably one of those things to say, like, look, we're not paying you. We're going to move you to somebody who mm-hmm. will pay you and we'll bring in Bruce Brown on a, on a budget deal and he's good enough as a backup. So, sorry, I know I keep bringing up this hardened like uh, trade clause and stuff like that. But what if Houston's front office says, "Hey, look, we just like the offer better from Philly or from somewhere else," why wouldn't they do that? Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, there's seem... nothing stopping them from doing that, right? It's not like like James Harden can't really force his way to Brooklyn. I don't think unless they just want to, unless they really are like, "You did a lot for the organization. We're going to take care of you," but. That's the only thing yeah. I can think of, but I don't think any team's doing that. Not for a guy yeah. who didn't win him a championship or anything right. like that. Okay, so we can't totally rule out another team. I, I do feel like, I mean, the writing's on the wall. When Woj says it, when Woj says... Well, Shams also, message, but Shams also said that his preferred destinations were Philly and Brooklyn. Right. So, so maybe the dark horse may... Wow. Joey, I would lose it. I, would, I hope it happens on the podcast. If the Sixers acquire James Harden while we're doing this, I'll... I'll poop my pants, dude. I'll I will poop my pants on the show. Whoa, 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 whoa! Who's that? It's a Dunkin' Donuts commercial <laughs> just playing on my phone. Look, I'm showing yeah. you my phone. There's nothing. This is why we got to get it streaming soon. You'll see. There's Joey's nothing. Phone playing. has gone completely rogue. Messed up our audio. <laughs> um, now I was trying to see how many years. Yeah, James. So Harden has. Oof, three more years left on his deal. I was wondering if it was like an extension thing, like he wasn't going to re-sign certain places, but he still has three more years left. So it's not like you're only – well, he has a player option in the last year, but I he's not going to turn that down, I don't think. Uh, so you're just going to breeze past me, possibly 
pooping my pants on I the got show so or... thrown off by this Dunkin' Donuts commercial that just <laughs> randomly started playing on my phone. Uh, well, no, I, that's what I'm saying. Hopefully, the trade happens Wednesday when we're doing video, so you poop live on the stream. Well, that wouldn't necessarily be a good thing. It would be that good would be, probably promotion for the show. Well, that's what I mean. It would be great. Right. It would be a great thing. Okay. I just want to, I want you to be like, oh, oh no, oh no. <laughs> we got to stop, so stop, to me. I, stop the feed, stop the feed. <laughs> I'll go ballistic if the Sixers pull this off. I mean, James Harden and Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. I mean, that's up there with the Heat and the Celtics. Right away. Right away. <laughs> Joey is not feeling that one. James Harden. Well, you Joel know, I, listen, I, I, I'm not going to get into it with you about Joel Embiid. I, I, I'm that's just fair, not. That's a, fine. Yeah, we shouldn't go there right now. Uh, we'll go there if we have to. I just, you know, how I feel about that guy. Uh, what is, what's your gut? You think he's going to Brooklyn or what? I, I Yeah. Yes. Today, right this second. You know what we should do? We should check the Bovada thing. We should check. Yeah. Bovada Sportsbook. Um, I hope it, hopefully it's, although I. I wouldn't be surprised if they have it down just because of so many moving parts right now. Uh, yeah, if I had to guess a team right now, it's just so interesting because, you know, Woj r- reporting that makes it so real, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I would think Brooklyn, uh, there's no players on here right now. They don't have any player props right now on there for where guys will end up yeah it makes sense uh so i don't know yeah if i had to guess i would say brooklyn but who knows man things could change by by the end of this recording uh one thing that's extremely confusing is like a bunch of stuff coming out from outlets down from that one remember i told you there's this this girl down here ashley something ashley moss who's like apparently has a connection or she says she has a a connection within the heat organization and she gets all this insider information. She was tweeting all this stuff about Brad Beal to the heat and that they're the heat have disgusted and this and that. And Brad Beal was trending at one point because of it. And I thought Brad Beal was getting traded to the heat. And then it turns out going through all her tweets, she was basically saying that the heat this is how absurd tra- this trade stuff gets. From what I could gather, what she was basically saying was the Heat are discussing what they would have to give up to get Brad Beal if Brad Beal uh, requests a trade. Okay. So that's what every team is doing. Right. So right? who, like, <laughs> the, so ultimately, like, who gives a shit? Right. Yes. Every team is doing that behind doing. closed doors. Yeah. Tyler Hero was trending at one point because of it. That's wild. It's just like, what are we talking about here? There's no accountability. Yeah, it's wild. Now, <laughs> there was a report from another outlet down here that said that the Heat are potentially looking to move back from the 20th pick to acquire more picks, like get to get a later first-round pick and maybe another second-round pick or whatever. That could mean that they're trying to package picks to make a deal to go do something. I don't, I, I don't know. I trust that. Uh, this Brad Beal stuff. The only the only way I could see the Heat pulling the trigger on the Beal thing is if they feel like all these other teams are making moves to get better and they can't, you know, I think I mentioned it yesterday. They can't miss out on the opportunity to get better 
while other teams are getting better. So I don't know. So right. we'll see. Last thing I wanted to finish up with here. Nick, did you see the video with Nick Kyrgios, the, the tennis player? So he, he had an interview and I was going to play it, but it is kind of muffled and hard, or at least the version I had was hard to understand. But basically, I guess he was, he must have been where Giannis was or the, he, the clip I saw, they were talking about how he ran into Giannis and was having like a, and he basically was like saying how he asked Giannis a bunch of questions and was asking him all these questions. And one of the questions he asked him was, are you coming to Miami? Are you going to, are you going to go play in Miami? And he said that Giannis just had a big smile on his face and didn't answer. Um, and then Giannis today tweeted at Nick Kyrgios and said, why you always start, why you always trying to start things with a bunch of laughing emojis? Okay. That's so, fun. So, right. yeah, but so I saw people saying like Giannis shoots down Nick Kyrgios's things. No, and completely open-ended. Yeah. That didn't seem like shooting anything down. No. S- yeah. Because if he was shooting it, it if he was shooting it down, he would have came out and been like, "This is not true. I'm staying with the Bucks." Right. So yeah, as open ended as it gets. Yeah. Uh, Nick Kyrgios, I think is, I, I'm not a big tennis guy, but I believe he's like a wild man in tennis. Okay, I have no idea how you even play tennis. I don't know the first rule. <laughs> I there's think rackets, there's a, right. Yeah, I think you. I think there's rackets. There's definitely some type of stick type object that you hit okay. a ball with. Gotcha. It's like baseball. Oh, okay. Innings. Yeah, there's innings. There's there's umpires. Okay. Uh, two teams. <laughs> this could be a spinoff podcast of me just learning other sports. I mean, we'd be learning together because I don't really yeah. know much about tennis either. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's it. That's where we're at. Let's check. Let's uh, before we wrap here, let's. Let's take one last check on the Twitter and see if there's been any breaking news. Nothing that I see at the moment. Kyle Kuzma has deactivated his Twitter. Breaking news. That might just have to be its own episode, dude. We're gonna have to <laughs> Laker fans are brutal to that guy. You would think that he wasn't just a role like a rotation player on a championship team, the way they want him out of there. Um, potential free agent Avery Bradley to be courted by Golden State, Milwaukee, and several others. Courted? Wow. Jeremy Grant declining his player option. Smart. Uh, of all the things. Kendrick that Perkins we've- says Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul with co- Coach Monty Williams. Makes the Sun a top five team. The Suns a top five team in the West. Uh, uh, I don't think I don't know if I'll go that far. Yeah, Close. I yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. Oh, I no, just got an alert that Nick Foles was carted off the field in the Monday Night Football game. Oh, really? So we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Uh, please, people, we know you're out there listening. Subscribe, rate, and review. Go to iTunes. Do it. It helps. Helps move us up the chart, helps us make money, helps us have more time to do live streams like we're going to do Wednesday. At the end of the first round, Underdog Podcast, Underdog Sports YouTube channel. We'll post it on our and at NBA Morning Deuce on Twitter where you can find it. We're going to go live at the end of the first round to record our episode reacting to the first round. 
and reacting to anything that happens during the second round. It'll probably be a little bit of a longer episode, but uh, we'll give you more details tomorrow. Tomorrow, we will be previewing some draft stuff. We'll get into some players. Alex is going to take the day off. He's going to grind on some tape. He's really going to grind it in there, and uh, we'll break it all down for you tomorrow and anything else that happens in the trade world. Anything else, Alex? No, that's that was a pretty good wrap-up there. All right. See you tomorrow. Peace.